Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. Welcome to Weathering the Storms. I am really thankful that you guys are uh, with me here today, whether listening online or in person. Uh, my name is Charlie Gardner. I am the Director of Student Mobilization at the University of Central Arkansas. I have actually been on staff with STUMO for five years now, and I love getting to spend time with college students. My life drastically changed in college when I met a guy on staff. Uh, He began to challenge me in my relationship with Jesus. I was living a party-filled life. I was incredibly unsatisfied, but I didn't know what to do or where to turn. Uh, There was a void that I was seeking to fill with anything and everything that I thought would be fun and that would lead to my excitement. Uh, So after my sophomore year of college, I came to the point where I just realized that nothing would fill this void apart from Jesus. He was showing me that he was what I was looking for, that he would change who I was and what I desired. So I made the decision to place my trust in him and the sacrifice he made for me on the cross, uh, to turn away from how I was living and begin pursuing Jesus daily. June 23rd of 2013, that day forever changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, So deciding to wholeheartedly follow Jesus is the best decision I've ever made. He has changed who I am as a man. He has given me hope. He's given me satisfaction. He has given my life purpose and direction. He's freed me from a lot of unhealthy things and desires, and he has made me to be a new creation in him. And so I'm so thankful for how Jesus has worked in my life and how he is working in our lives every day. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys, how you're taking time out of your winter break to further your relationship with him. And I do believe that he is going to reward your steps of faith. Now, here's what I know, that if you have lived long enough, you're bound to face hardships. You will experience difficulties. If you haven't already, you will, without a doubt, endure some trying situations. And so Jesus actually promises. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have affliction. You're going to be oppressed and persecuted. You will have stressful situations. Because you're here today or tuned in listening, I imagine you've already experienced some hard things in life. And you're wondering, does it get any better? Will I ever not feel so down and hopeless? Maybe you question, if God really is good, why am I experiencing this miserable situation? Is it even possible to thrive in the midst of a storm? And if so, how do I do that? Well, here's what I want to tell you. It is. Over the next 30 minutes, my goal is to show you in Scripture how to thrive in the midst of the storms in life. We're going to look, we're going to start in James chapter 1, and we're going to see two things. We're going to look at what a hardship is, and two, how to thrive in the midst of them. And then we're going to look at a, a few examples of this played out in Scripture that I do believe will that will encourage you to view hardships differently. And so James, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, specifically chapter 1. It was one of the first entire chapters of the Bible that I ever memorized. And also, because I was going through a really rough time when I memorized it, and the Lord has continued to use this passage of Scripture to encourage me when I need it most. And so turn with me to James chapter one. Quick overview. The author of James is believed to be James, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, So this book is referred to as the Proverbs, quote-unquote, of the New Testament. It's filled with practicals of following Jesus and living a godly life. And so we're going to start James 1, verse 2. Here's what it says. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith 
produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, Father, we pray that right now you would open up our eyes to the scriptures, God, that you would use your word uh, to change how we view these difficult situations in our life. God, would you uh, change this? Help us uh, to view these things in a godly way. God, give us everything we need um, just to keep walking in faith and in relationship with you. Jesus, we love you. Uh, We thank you for your word. Amen. You know, as I read this, James, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Here's what I want to tell James. Like, do you know what you just said? Do you have any idea what I might be going through? Like, you clearly don't understand my situation. You are insane for saying such a thing. See, joy and trials, these two words, we rarely, if ever, hear them together. Seeing these words in the same sentence, honestly, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. The, 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 the word joy that he's referring to is gladness, it's cheerfulness, it's delight. The same word joy, it's what we enter into at the end of our life when we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. It says, enter to the joy of your master. Joy is the same joy that the disciples had when they saw, they came back to Jesus after casting out demons. And they're like, Jesus, the demons are subject to 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 us in your name. And they, the disciples, they had joy. In Luke 10, you can see it in verse 17. Joy, it's what the disciples had when they realized that Jesus, he wasn't in the tomb, that he had raised from uh, death to life. You, you see it in Matthew 28, 8. Uh, the scriptures say that there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous who need not repent. See, it may be tempting to think that happiness equals joy, but these two things are very different. Happiness comes from outside situations. Joy comes from within a person. See, joy comes from knowing the person of Jesus and what he came and he accomplished on earth. See, happiness, it comes and goes. It's fleeting. That's why there's the the, the term or the, the phrase, the pursuit of happiness. It comes and it goes. We're always pursuing it, but joy is different. See, joy is constant. So think about what James is saying. He's saying when you face a trial, have that emotion. Have a constant joy. Have a constant gladness. Have that feeling. Choose to view every trial with that lens. In short, he's telling us when a trial comes your way, you can celebrate. You can lift your hands. You can delight and be glad and be thankful. You can be constant. And so what are the trials that he's referring to? The trial of a man's integrity, his virtue, and his constancy. It could be an enticement to sin or a temptation, whether it's arising from an outside or an inside uh, situation. It could be a lapse from the faith and holiness. It could be an adversity, an affliction, a trouble, whether it's sent by God and serves to test or prove one's character, faith, and holiness. Trials and hardships, they could be a suffering, a lack of something we need for existence. It could be a difficult situation or a misfortune, even a tragedy. There could be a lot of different um, situations that fall under the umbrella of a trial or a hardship. And, and, and maybe there's some things that you have faced in life that fall under this. Maybe you've experienced the loss of life. 
Maybe it was the death of a close family member or a friend or even a loved one. Maybe you've experienced financial need. And you question, how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay utilities? How can I keep the lights on? Many people face these things growing up. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. Maybe it's a physical illness or even a disease. The struggle of managing stress levels. Maybe from schoolwork and grades piling up or family matters. Uh, it could be a broken home. Maybe you experienced a broken home growing up, having divorced parents, an alcoholic relative. Maybe you experienced abuse, whether it was verbal or physical. Uh, maybe you have an absent father or mother. They just weren't there. They just never engaged with you. They, they were so consumed with work or, or other things that they never looked you in the eye and told you that they loved you. Maybe you've experienced some relational problems with friends growing up, um, a difficult childhood. Maybe you were picked on uh, and teased on the playground. People did some really hurtful things to you, and they've left you with trust issues. Maybe you've never felt truly loved, cared for, or accepted by anyone. And here's the reality. You guys are here, and, and I, I, I just imagine that you've experienced a, a few of these some of you, maybe even multiple of these. I mean, each of us, we've experienced some difficult things in life. And we're going to continue to face trials. And here's what I want to say. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you have experienced hard things in life. I wish that we lived in the world God intended for us to live in, void of sin and filled with communion with Him. You see, I can't wait for the day that he will wipe away every tear and there will be no more pain, but there will be rejoicing. See, until then, we live in a fallen and broken world. And so what do we do? My hope is to encourage you to view any and every hardship, how James tells us, with joy. See, James didn't flippantly speak that or write it down. These words were God-inspired, God-breathed, God-spoken. So we can fully trust these words to be good, faithful, and true. I'm not saying that viewing a trial and difficult situation in life with joy is easy. No, in fact, it's actually very difficult. But I do believe this, and I, and I have experienced this. The more we understand why we view them this way, and the more we practice this in our life, the more natural it's going to become for us. See, James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know, listen to this, he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces, look at what it produces, produces steadfastness. He says, and let that, let that product, let steadfastness have its full effect, not its partial effect, have its full effect that you may be, look at it, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the reason, he says, the reason we are to count trials as joy is because of what it will produce in us. The end result of viewing them this way is steadfastness. It's constancy. It's endurance. It's the characteristic of a man who's not swerved from his purpose and his loyalty to the faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. He says, and let Stephanus, let this constancy 
have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. What he means by perfect is wholeness, living a completely integrated life where your actions are consistent with values and beliefs that you've received from Jesus. So here's, here's the reality. God uses trials in our lives to grow us. We're fractured people. We're messed up. We have major inconsistencies in our character. And see, God is on mission to restore us to wholeness with him. He uses these difficult things in our lives to mold us, to shape us, and to make us into the image and character of his son. See, trials, they're a lot like working out. When you work out, uh, when you get in the gym and you, and you move weights around, and you get after it, lactic acid begins to build up. And you also, some of you, uh, you, you've experienced this. Some of you, if you haven't, you need to go experience this. You need to go work out and you need to feel lactic acid build up in your muscles. Go take a class, go have a friend who who's like just massive, goes, hey, take me through the workout. I want you to kill me. I need to experience what lactic acid is. It's miserable. You're sore. The, the first day you're sore, but the second and third day you're even sore until the fourth and fifth day it begins to subside. But here's what happens on the back end of it. You get stronger. Your muscles grow and you get stronger. It's impossible to get stronger without pain. It's why the, the, the saying is no pain, no gain. James is telling us, you're going to have pain, but look at the end result. You're going to be stronger because of the trials you face. Look to the end result to carry you through hard times. See, we don't have to have extreme highs and lows when we face trials in life, when we have a, a difficult thing happen to us, like a roller coaster up and down emotionally and mentally just all over the place, living in, in just chaos. We don't have to have that. See, in the midst of trials, we can be more like a train on a railroad track, hardly movable, constant and straight. We can be unshakable in our faith. Firmly planted in God's word, we can have a strong foundation in the midst of trials, one that is constant with joy when we're, fake, we're focused on what it will produce in our lives. Why we count trials as joy and how we do it, they're one and the same. We count them as, as joy because of the end result and how we do it is by focusing on the end result. See, we can't look six, six inches in front of our face. We have to look six weeks, six months, six years down the road. We must take our eyes off the here and now and look to the future. See, we can have joy in the midst of trials because of what God produces in us. God is at work even in the midst of our trials to produce a constancy and character in us that's unshakable. I want, I want you to see a few examples of this played out in Scripture. John 16, uh, 16. See, Jesus, uh, uh, what Jesus is doing right here, he's speaking to his disciples, and he's, he's actually telling them uh, about he's, uh, he's about to die. He's about to leave earth. Um, and, and his resurrection. And as to be expected, the disciples, they don't quite understand what Jesus is telling them. Jesus knows this, he, and he understands that they were afraid to ask him what he was saying. And so here's what he tells them in verse 20. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. <laughs> you're you're going to cry. You're, you're going to have sorrow. You're going to have pain. 
It says, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrow, but your sorrow will turn to joy. And look at Look at the illustration Jesus gives them. He says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow for her hour has come. See, a woman knows the pain she's about to experience in childbirth. I, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable what a woman goes through. See, a woman knows that, that her life is forever going to change when she gives birth. It's no longer just her. She has to take care of a baby, of a child. She's responsible. A woman knows these things going in to have a baby. She knows that her hour has come. Look what he says. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. She no longer remembers the pain and everything she just experienced. Why? For joy that a human being has entered the world. He's like, oh, after a woman gives birth, she forgets everything. And she wants to have another kid and another kid. Why? For joy that a human being has entered the world. He, look what he says after. He says, so also you will have sorrow. You're going to have the same sorrow that a woman does when she goes into labor. You're going to have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And he says, no one will take your joy from you. He goes on in verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. He says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, no matter how difficult our lives get, Jesus has overcome the most difficult on the cross when he paid the ultimate price for our sin and separation from God. He restored us to right relationship with the Father. Jesus has overcome sin and death in the grave, and he's rose again. See, our joy, it's not found in our circumstances. That's happiness. Our joy is found in the person of Jesus. Look what, look how Paul puts it in Romans 8. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, he, you know, Paul is, he, he, he knows his end is coming. He knows he's about to die. Uh, he's in prison he says, I, I consider everything I'm going through right now, the beatings, the imprisonment, I know they're going to kill me. He says, it's not worth comparing. These, these two things don't compare. What does not compare, Paul? It's not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. See, Paul is focused on the end times when, when the king of creation will return. And look what he says in verse 19. He says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of sin. See, the, the world, the earth, the, everything in the earth is groaning and waiting and eagerly awaits when God returns and he reveals who are his sons and daughters. Paul is referring to the end times. And Paul goes, everything I'm facing, it fails. It fails in comparison to the glory that will be revealed to us. Paul, his mind, his heart, everything is focused on the end in the person of Jesus and his return. See, our joy is not found in our circumstances. It's found in the person of Jesus. See, we can have joy in the midst of trials when our focus is on the end result. 
The end result of trials, it's steadfastness. It's wholeness. See, I don't know exactly what God wants to do in each specific situation, in each trial that we face, but you can trust that he has a plan for it. See, God often takes our pain and reshapes them to be our purpose. I mentioned this earlier that I, that I lived a really party-filled life. I would say that I was addicted to alcohol and, and cocaine, and I lived some very impure relationships with girls. And I experienced a lot of difficult things just, just because of those, just because of those things in my life. And I, I've cried over them. I've spent time processing them, and it has not been easy. And those overarching things have played out in a lot of different situations in my life. And it's been painful. See, God has used those, pain, those painful moments to give me a passion for helping other people. Helping other people find freedom from addiction. Helping other people walk in purity and holiness and having healthy relationships with the opposite sex. He's taken my pain and he's made it a part of my purpose. So we can have joy in the midst of trials because what God does on the back end, I don't know exactly what he wants to do in your life and in the situation that you've gone through, you are going through, that you will go through, but you can trust that God has a purpose in it and you can have joy in it. See, we can't look right in front of us. We can't look at what's going on because it's not always evident. But if we'll look at the end, if we'll focus on the end of how God is going to going to use this situation, how he's going to work it out for our good. We can have joy in the midst of trials because he has a purpose even in our pain. See, my hope is that when you wake up faced with a difficult situation, that you would open up to James 1 and that you would ask the Lord to give you perspective. To say, God, help me to have joy in the middle of this difficult situation. God, help me to be attentive to what you want to teach me. Just, just the other day, I, I was praying this to God. Uh, we went through a, a really interesting situation in, in moving homes, and, and I felt like at times my emotions were up and down, and I didn't know if, if, if we were going to get uh, backwards financially because of this whole ordeal or, or what was going to happen. And, and there were moments where I was like, man, God, were we supposed to do this? Is it, and, and, I don't know exactly what he was trying to teach me. And even today, I was like, God, would you help me to still understand, even, even through that situation, you've worked it all out. Would you help me to understand what you were trying to teach me? And God, would you use it in my life? I would encourage you to ask that, to pray that. Lord, help me to be attentive to what you want to teach me and what you want to produce in my life. And say, God, help me to keep going. Holy Spirit, give me courage to keep walking in faith and trusting you to grow me. My prayer for you is that this passage of Scripture and how James tells us to count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds, that it would continue to minister to you for the rest of your life as it has mine. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in and listening to Weathering the Storms. You can uh, find this and other breakout sessions on Apple and Spotify at SMC 2021. I hey, love you guys. See you next time.